the is, right, then I'm going to be someone who's soluble. But before we even get there, I have a question. When people say, I think we're all just saying the same thing, what does that mean, right? When you have that discussion at work, and it's like, you know what, I think we're saying the same thing in different ways. What does that mean? Okay, so the conclusion is the same and how we get there is, is different. Do most of you think this is usually sincere? So some are saying no. What is our usual go-to phrase if we can't come to an agreement? We're going to agree to disagree. Okay, so we're going to come back to that too. All right, you know, I'm going to start the song because you guys need to get warmed up because you guys are, are still shy. So, I feel badly doing this in church. <laughs> Baby, I'm praying on you tonight. Something, something, animals. <laughs> yeah. You used to call me on my cell phone. Canadian content for the CRC. Someone's singing along, she's good. She was waiting for, if it was downstairs, maybe there would have been more. We're gonna hear more songs. Do you know what the lyrics are for this part? I, 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 I. <laughs> Feel something so right, doing the wrong thing. I, 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 I. <laughs> Feel something so wrong, doing the right thing. I couldn't lie, I couldn't lie, I couldn't lie. Threes are good. Everything that kills me makes me feel alive. Okay? So, what does it say if you can sing along? How many of you, first of all, could sing along? <laughs> okay. What does it mean if you can sing along to that? That the radio is on at work. That's a good excuse, especially for pharmacists. Um, <laughs> What does it mean if I can sing along? What is, what is, what is, what is a song? Sorry? That's catchy. Okay. Now imagine if, I'm going to be very crude here, someone made up a catchy song saying like, I don't know, your mom is ugly, right? Or your dad should be like deported. Could you be like, oh, that's so catchy, I'm going to sing along, right? And you go home and sing it to your mother or your father? What does it mean if I sing that song? Right. Okay, so it means that there's some level of acceptance. And we're going to actually talk about on what level I've accepted, right? You're saying even it didn't enter within me, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. So then, 
courtesy of One Republic, right? They told us that he feels something so right, right? Right, right, right. Um, to do it in threes. Um, makes him feel badly, right? Whereas doing something wrong makes him feel good. What does that even mean? So what, what does that mean? I'm not asking you to be like a, a theologian here, but what does that just mean on a normal level? Go for it. Sorry? Okay, he's addicted? Okay, but I mean even just verbally. Like when, when, what does it mean to what he's saying? Just on a, on a plain English level, if you were to explain the lyrics to a little kid, it's like, oh, what does that mean? Okay, what is, what is this person saying? Or these persons? Right. So then the next logical question is, well, what is wrong? So from a Christian perspective, sin. I don't know if One Republic is thinking of sin. Um, you're right. Like, I'm not making fun of it. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be intentionally partially secular here because I want you to realize how partially secular you've become and I've become um, in our culturalization. Um, what is what is wrong? What is he socially referring to? Okay, so you're doing something that harms my body. Okay, and then how do you define harming your body? No, I, I'm intentionally going to draw it more, and I need more of you to actually respond. So what does it mean to harm my body? Okay, so what is intended for it to be? I'm going to be so annoying. Okay, and what if it is natural and good? Right, no, I'm going to play devil's advocate the whole day, that's why, so like, bear with me. Okay, let's get political. Okay, I'm going to intentionally just throw a whole bunch of issues until there's something you guys are passionate about. So go for it. devil's advocate I'll say that's your interpretation of the song right <laughs> however <laughs> no no but I'm intentionally because there's other songs I'm going to use I'm I'm I know that I'm using some songs out of context um, because I could find a song for almost anything that I want right so like I could choose another one that does it but I'm intentionally pulling some things because there's certain themes that run common through them there'll be a Kobe Calais song that I'm going to 100% use wrongly Okay, so Trump built the wall. They're good. I'm glad people laughed. Okay, because that was almost everyone's reaction of, okay, he's psycho. Okay, why did Trump build the wall? Or want to build the wall? I'm not pro-Trump or anti-Trump or pro-Clinton or anti-Clinton, just for the record. <laughs> There's no political affiliation. No one has sponsored this message. Okay, so, but I want to I make a point of how we function as a society. Okay, go for it. 
He wants to make America great again. What's great? Unique? Okay. So what is the purpose of building a wall? Okay. So how many of you thought it was ridiculous that Trump said he wants to build a wall between them and Mexico? Honestly. Okay, great. Now, any one of you, why do you think that that is ridiculous? Okay, like what? Okay. Oh, for there will be the mic going around? Okay, can someone uh, be the mic homie? Thank you. All right. Okay, who else thought it was ridiculous and, and, and why? Go for it. Okay. Go for it. Amir. Oh, my bad. Because even if he does build a wall, uh, it will prevent people from going in, but bad people that are inside are, are going to be still inside. Okay. So it doesn't make sense. Okay. Right. And so how do you know that? How do you know that another way is better? How do you know that there's another way in? How do you know that it's not going to be effective? How do you know what his intentions were for building the wall? Right. So I'm not going to say whose opinion is valid or invalid, okay? But how many of you actually did any research of that? How many of you actually know whether or not this is an effective measure or not? How many of you actually factually know whether or not it's been studied or not? How many of you factually know exactly what was his objective? Was it really about culture? Was it really about communications? Right? For example, speaking honestly, I didn't know how many people come across the border illegally. Okay? And that they are crossing by land. And I'm not supporting or non-supporting the wall. Right? So... Is it a ridiculous concept to say if people are crossing by land, I'm going to put a barrier? So you might think there's a better way to do it, right? However, everybody, like, I, I think more people are against the wall than probably raise their hand, right? But there's like the, the social movement of, oh, wow, that's completely ridiculous, right? Ask a person, why is it completely ridiculous? And they'll cite all sorts of random reasons that have not been verified, that have not been researched, and yet the accusation against the person is, you could have done this in such a better way. It's okay, well, what is it, right? Do you even know if he did his research, right? And the point is, there's a lack of definition, okay? There's a lack of, of defining, okay, well, what, what even is the purpose, okay? What are the means? What is the methodology? So I'll ask another question for Canada. Because of uh, Trudeau, I think this was going to be passed anyway. So euthanasia, I'm here.
<laughs> it's that even if the idea itself is a good idea, it's how you present the idea itself. So that's why I guess people just think it's ridiculous. Maybe, which, which wasn't the point that I was trying to make, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. Because what, one of the things we're going to be talking about is truth, right? Is how something is packaged the important part, or is the substance the important part, right? So if someone says, you're four foot nine, with a great smile on his face, versus someone who yells it at you, if you're four foot nine, you're four foot nine. Right? It doesn't matter how you project it, right? It's about whether is this a fact or is it not a fact and how do I know? Okay, but we'll, we'll come back to that. So Canada was legal, is legalizing euthanasia, okay, under certain circumstances. How many of you, if you're not embarrassed to say it in church, um, okay, you can play devil's advocate um, for those of you who don't want to maybe say that you have that stance. Um, how many people are in agreement with this and why, okay, and on what, and on what basis? So you had your hand up in the back. Yeah. Um, so I'm in, I'm in agreement with it. I mean, obviously, I, I, I mean, according to the church, I mean, of course, I believe in miracles, and, and I know that it's never too late for God to, like, I mean, he's raised the dead, and I, I'm well aware of that, but... Um, I do believe for a number of reasons that it's okay that after a certain point, um, people should have um, the freedom to, to basically do what they can't do themselves. So, I mean, for instance, like, like it, it was all based on the Carter case, and what happened was that um, the person was going to reach a point where they weren't able to do anything. So even if they wanted to commit suicide, they wouldn't be able to. So I think that it goes, it goes with the whole idea of free will. We all have free will. I mean, suicide isn't right, but people should be able to do what they want to do at the end of the day. Okay. So. Opinions. Um, so, like, I'll give an example. Like, so the reason we were given free will is so that we have a choice to love God and not to love God. So that's obviously like just something I'm putting there is basic. Um, so, for instance, we're against adultery, but uh, if someone, but we, if someone commits adultery, we're no longer going to stone them because we've that's the, our society has become secular. So I feel like the same way we can't um, like I'm against it because that's my moral stance, that's my religious stance. But the way, the same way, the world has become secular and removed stoning from adultery, I still think that. Um, the th same thing should be applied to when it comes to this, that we can't, uh, like the world is very secular, so now people have different moral opinions. Okay. So how is this regulated and what does, oh, go for it. Okay. I'm Marina's friend, so. <laughs> I'm Marina's say. friend. I don't disagree with her, but at the same time, for me, the, the problem would be how do you reconcile suicide where you can do that where you you have the free will to do that but we know it's wrong versus being unable to commit suicide so therefore that's what euthanasia is for so how do you reconcile those two things if one of them is wrong and the other one you can kind of justify in the sense that they're completely unable to do anything right that's why i'm using this as an example 
Okay. Right? Is because it's really easy when something is trivial to just be like, we can agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Right? But when it's a big issue where there's a major conflict, that's where it's a lot harder to just agree to disagree because now suddenly a principle is involved. So those who are advocates of euthanasia will often use a quality of life argument. How do you define quality of life? Um, well, I mean, obviously, one of, the, one of them is free will. Being able to, like, I, I, be, I mean, I don't believe in freedom, um, but, I, but I do believe that, I mean, being able to make your own decisions is, is, a, huge, is a huge thing for me. If I don't have that, then I, then I don't have quality of life. And, I mean, obviously, people define quality of life as in, like, how you're living and your standards and so on, but, I mean, that's not how I define it, and that's, I don't believe that that's the true definition. So right. quality of life is, is being able to make your own choices, being able to, to just, yeah, make your own choices. Okay. So there's your definition of quality of life. I mean, it's, it's part of it, yes. Right. Um, I just wanted to say that suicide involves your own self, your choices and everything, but assisted suicide is involving many other people in that act. Right. And... Uh, that's another consideration too. So it's not just your self-will, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, um, quality of life, that's a, that's a very individual question too. I mean, we can sit back and say someone has no quality of life, but they, they can, they, you know, a person who's, um, say, ALS or something, I mean, it's a horrible condition, but they can still, they can still have the capacity for love. So and others in their lives around them. I've seen people who have great quality of life, even in that horrible situation, they love. Right. Okay. I think quality of life is different from one person to the other and from one country to the other. And even the same person can have different expectations of quality of life from through different stages of his life. Okay. Yeah, that's my point of view. It was a very wide word. Yeah, it's a, it's a driver's one. Shady. Is his name, your name is Shady, right? Okay. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, just to build up on that point, uh, we have quality of life uh, in healthcare, at least, is when you, uh, when your certain function or dysfunctionality prevents you from having a normal day-to-day life. Um, but what's a normal everyday day-to-day life? Exactly. Did you say what's a normal day-to-day life? Yeah, exactly. So my next point was, what is a normal day-to-day life according to what country? As he was a- saying, what uh, population? But what I wanted to say, add to the whole uh, assisted death um, discussion was that through any of these discussions, it's really hard without a foundation. So it's hard to discuss how to build a certain building as an architect if both of you don't have the same ground. And I think if you don't start with God, or if you don't even believe in a God, how are you going to approach the person about the sanctity of life and personhood and and different things? So it's, it's a difficult, it's more difficult than just yes or no if you don't have a foundation. I think um, quality of life is really what you prioritize in life. So it's very different for different people. So some people might prioritize money, for example. Some people might prioritize love. And it's depending on what you prioritize, that's, that defines your quality of, of life. Which one's right? I'm here. I just wanted to make a comment about like this whole free will and free choice. Um, 
unfortunately we live in a society where a little baby is like ripped out of its mother's womb and killed and we justify it with the fact that the mother has a right to choose and then we've slowly degenerated into a society that's normalized the death of people at the later stages of life and we're starting to justify it with they have the free will I feel like the original sin was grounded in this idea of free will and like the fact that we could choose our own way but I feel like life is so precious that we can't slowly degenerate into a state of mind of, of saying that okay life is ours to choose whether to end it or not it's it's starting to 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 lead towards that right so then what does the permissibility so let's go with the euthanasia thing i'm intentionally not giving my stance but if there is what is the grounds for permissibility of the state on this matter and how is it regulated what is what is the per patient's right and what is the physician's duty based on that right i if any physician or someone who knows the law could speak for it because i don't know um, I think the patient's right is, is to choose what they want, whether it's to live to, or to die. Mm -hmm. And I think with physicians, as far as I know, and I'm sure there's a few med students or physicians in the room, but I, my understanding is that if somebody comes in and says they want that, um, there's obviously designated doctors who can do that, but even if they don't feel comfortable with that request, they have to send it off to somebody who will deal with that or who, who can put them in the situation to make that choice. And what is that per physician doing actively or inactively to that patient? You can, you can make it a positive thing by saying enabling a choice. Factually speaking, what has the person physically done? We've terminated a life. Okay. How many of you who believe in, like, how many of you think that is wrong. Why is killing not wrong? Um, well, the, the question was pretty general. It was like whether or not killing is wrong, but I mean, we kill animals to, for food. And I mean, that seems okay for everybody that's not a vegetarian or a vegan. So, so I mean, in, in that sense, I didn't raise my hand because I don't think that all killing is wrong. But, uh, yeah. So then how does one define which killing is wrong? This is intentionally exhaustive, right? Because hopefully what you're seeing is that almost all the times when you're saying stuff, you've presumed stuff, okay? And so I'm intentionally going underneath your stuff, okay, to get to it. So what killing is fine and what killing is not fine? And who gets to decide that? I'd like to introduce another complicated matter is capital punishment. Go for it. That's all. <laughs> there we go. Just to yeah. add to your point. And, and capital, capital punishment. punishment. And I will add to that war. If we go to just, quote unquote, just war. And they're usually not like doing paper, rock, scissors at the battlefield. Just a comment that these questions are quite difficult, I think, for a reason, because um, one of the fathers who I asked, we were in a meeting, and, and his reply when we talk about this stuff is, uh, that's why we pray, lead us not into temptation in, 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 the Jesus, in our Father, because we're in this fallen world where choices sometimes have to be made that we pray that we don't have to make these choices. For example, when a woman is having a fetus or a baby, and the baby is toxic, it's going to kill the mom or the, mo or the baby's not going to survive. Um, in this case, the church will permit you to choose 
in a sense, if you want to give the birth, right? Or if you want to terminate the pregnancy, if it's going to... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, right, Father? The church will say that she is not held culpable mm -hmm. of murder. Yes. That's all. So the church is not saying you ought to do this or you ought not to do this. Mm -hmm. It's simply saying don't feel like we are forcing you to go through with this even at the expense of your own mm -hmm. life. So that's aren't all these the choices a result of a fall, kind of, a nature that's corrupt, in a sense? It might be, but I'm not even going to go there, right? Because let's look at this euthanasia thing, for, for example. Um, you made the point, actually, that was on my mind, right? So you've got someone who's saying that it's my right to choose to die. That's fine. That's your right. It is your right. You can do whatever you want to yourself. Whether it's right or wrong, you're, you're allowed. Theor theoretically, secularly speaking, as though we don't have obligations to others, let's go with that. So that's my right. Now I'm saying since I have this right and I physically can't do it, I can demand that another person should do this for me, right? Then the state is saying, oh, let's kind of make it nicer. So if you don't totally like feel comfortable doing that for them, then you don't have to. But in doing so, we have also said under certain circumstances, cert what your reasoning is here, okay? It is permissible to allow a person, regardless of what your reasoning is, a person is permitted to take the life of another person. However, and they will use different categories, right? Like quality of life, personal rights, yada, yada, yada. So what happens if another person comes up to a friend and says, hey, psychologically, I'm not able to kill myself, but I want to. I'm unable to do so. I just have a phobia of handling guns. So I'll buy you the gun, okay? And if you're comfortable with the concept that I should have the choice to die, and you're comfortable with this choice, then you should kill me. How many of you would think that that's not okay? Right. So whatever your reason is for not okay, I'm sure you have some debate in your mind, okay? Is there is a contradiction? Because you value something on some level somewhere, whatever it is, valid or invalid, I don't care, that's not my point, okay? On some level, you value something or don't value something in a different way than another person. And what you may think is unjustified, another person believes is justifiable using the same rationale. Okay? So culturally speaking, we're saying that this is okay. I mean, Canadian culture speaking, right? Because clearly as a society, we have said, okay, there hasn't been an uproar, it didn't get stopped. Which means that on some level, Canadians are okay with this. What about the Inuit? I don't know if they still do this, but until recently they did. They have a cultural practice where under specific circumstances, it is permissible for them to kill um, infants. Very specific circumstances. How many of you would call that wrong? Right. Whereas others who didn't believe in an absolute right and wrong, I should have done a survey before this thing to make it uh, less uh, persuasive. Right, because usually I'll do it as a survey question with other people. I'll find that almost everybody says no to the question of absolute rights holding for all people in all times. And then when you ask them the Inuit question, almost everyone says that that's wrong. But if you don't believe that there's an absolute right or wrong, then what is your basis for deciding that somebody else's practice is wrong? Right, because you have a stance that you want other people to understand to know why you believe in it. But do you know and understand the stance of the other person who wants to do something that also feels justified 
and what decision they're making. So how do we reconcile these two, right? Because now we have legislation come down. Like, this is a random topic, but like insert issue or disagreement or moral or whatever stance here that we're in disagreement on some level where there's now a regulation. Yes, it very much is. <laughs> so let me ask you another question then. How do you know stuff? That you understand it, you learn it, you experience it. Values of culture and religion. How do I know that something is true? Or let me phrase it differently. What makes something true? Your own judgment. Scientific evidence. Sorry? Having faith in it? Sorry? Repeatability? No, dig deeper. I'm, I'm not going to skip this one. Like, I, I want you to struggle with this one a bit. What makes something true? So you, you know stuff. What makes the stuff true? Witnessing it? It does, but it also didn't answer the question. I'm not being sarcastic. Like, how do I know, and I'm, I'm intentionally being annoying, right? I, what you're saying is true, but like. The answer depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking. No, it doesn't. I promise there's a real answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Mind? I'm not sure. Do you mind if I say it in French? Just because I'm, I'm not too sure how to say it in English. No problem, and I'll try maybe and understand. Someone, if not, maybe someone, someone can translate. translate. Sorry. Yeah. No, go for it. Um, uh, so, bah, d'après moi, il faut qu'il y ait un consensus dans, dans, dans la société ou dans la population. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> I got half of it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what I mean is that, like, there has to be a certain not. Consensus. Yeah, and like there has to be certain agreement between like c'est comme c'est comme la moralité. Donc quand quand il y a par, par exemple c'est quoi la moralité C'est c'est genre un consensus ou genre une une unanimité de de d'opinion dans une population. 
Donc, so that's basically what makes things right, is that people kind of are in a certain agreement and then it becomes like a social... Consensus. Yeah. I caught that word. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, again, to play devil's advocate, okay, and I like that you're a thinker, um, there was a social consensus in America that it was okay to enslave black people. There was a social consensus in Germany that it was okay to, to systematically persecute and annihilate Jews. So was it, was, it a, was it a right? Was it true that that was a good idea? Even though there was a consensus. the word of God and the Bible and this is the absolute truth okay because it was written by humans again 100% playing devil's advocate well I think we think we know a lot but I think we don't know anything I agree <laughs> People who enslaved African slaves, uh, sorry for being repetitious, people who enslaved African, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the African Americans 400 years ago, their point of reference was the Word of God, the, the Bible, right? They were Christians, very, some of them very devout Christians. Luckily they came to Canada. Go for it. black people but the black people didn't accept that this for them that wasn't acceptable that, that wasn't a consensus so I think for example like blue if we all see blue then that's a general consensus no one will say I don't see blue unless you have a but does that make it does that make it blue is it blue because we have proclaimed as a society holy w-h-o-l-l-y and completely that blue is blue is that what is that what has determined the blueness of blue I think so, but... Okay. Okay. I just wanted to add that I think science is not in the game of... I mean, whoever tells you so is, is kind of flawed in a sense, but it's in the game of proving the null hypothesis or showing something isn't true. So it, the game of science is trying to show in every manner that the law of physics can be broken or the law of this can be broken or this this can be broken. So uh, in that sense, I don't think science is dealing with as much as how do I know something true? Uh, in, um, but rather, um, how can I prove that something is different from what I already know? And, and I think truth comes from what's, you know, Sunday school answer, answer but I, it's the real one, is revealed by God, his revelation uh, for the perfect um, way or perfect action that, was, that is taken by something he created. So by, by knowing what's true uh, of a bird, for example, it would have to be doing what exactly it was created to be doing, and I think that's truth. Okay, I agree with your need for, for purpose 100%. Last one, and then I'll, I'll interject. Um, just to go back to what you mentioned, so um, if I'm gonna get a little bit philosophical, so epistemology is the study of knowledge, so and it's how do we know what we think we know, 
Um, so that's that's part of it. And the second part of that is, um, I just drew a blank. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, guys. No problem. Yeah. So you're all wrong. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Just wanted to say it like that because it's more fun. Um, you're 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 right on some level in terms of how we approach truth. Okay, but the answer is actually ridiculously simple, and it's rhetorical. <laughs> Something is only true if it is true. Period. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. It doesn't matter what I think about it. It doesn't matter whether I learned how to measure it yet or not. It doesn't matter if all of society proclaims it or a majority of society proclaims it or if no one in society proclaims it. Something is true if and only if it is true. Gravity was true in spite of our proclamations. Okay, gravity was true in spite of anyone's opinions on it. Okay, microbes were, were present in spite of people feeling that that was a ridiculous proposition. Okay, there are different ways that we can come to discover things we believe to be true, but the trueness of a matter is completely independent of how you feel. This is why God identifies himself as I am, which simply means, like we say in the liturgy, the being. I, sim I, I just is, right, is, is, is what he's trying to say. There isn't a grammatically there's not a, grammat a grammar, grammatical way <laughs> to capture <laughs> what he's trying to say. Is I am the state of existence, period. I just am, right? That is what I am. There's nothing to explain, right? I simply am in being. And that being, okay, is in spite of whether I believe in him or not, right? I can have different ways of, of access. This is its own discussion, okay? But truth is truth because it is true. The point of going through some of this is to say, whether you realize it or not, impressively, most of you guys avoided the, the word, it's relative, okay? But that is what you were doing, okay? Which was, oh, well, it depends, right? It depends on this or this or this. I'm not saying that there is nothing that, quote, unquote, depends. There are certain things um, that can be relativistically interpreted or, or dealt with, okay? However, where we're having contention in our identity is specifically in not knowing what is true. So you can have one person who says, okay, well, like actually killing is okay in some, point, in some places. You have another person saying, no, it's absolutely never okay to kill under any circumstances. You have someone who say, well, it should depend on the person's choice. You have another person saying, no, it doesn't matter whether they want to or not, that's simply wrong. And the real issue that's going on is that we're not in agreement on what is right or wrong. So what do we do? On the small issues, we say, let's agree to disagree, right? Because we don't want to have to deal with a confrontation that your version of truth is different than my version of truth. So you go play in your sandbox and I'll go play in mine, right? The problem is that there's going to come crossroads where our sandboxes are going to intersect, right? And when, when those intersections meet, we're not able to come to a conclusion because we're confronted with one truth. We don't believe the same truth, right? And because of it, I'll get angry and feel entitled to my right, to my truth, and I'll be frustrated and angry that someone else has a different one. And in the middle of all of this, because what I'm trying to do is point out the absurdity of it all, 
okay, is that in the middle of all of this, we think we're really sophisticated, right? So we're making these great laws and it's like we swear by the Constitution. That's man-made, right? So it's relativistic in nature because it was humanly invented, which means that this document is limited by the intelligence and knowledge and situations of anyone at any time who participated in the making of this document. But we refer to it almost infallibly as this objective piece of paper. But then when we disagree with it, then we take it to the Supreme Court, and then a bunch of people vote on it, and suddenly this thing that we're calling objective has changed, right, because of the relativistic nature and subjective nature of society. And so the question of what is truly right or wrong gets completely ignored. Because then people will make the, the, the argument of, well, things change over time. Like, that's right, it changed because you changed them. Right? So that is, that is true. It did change. But you did that. So were you right in your change? Right? So, for example, with the, the Trump nonsense, like in, in, in America, pro or anti, I couldn't care less. Okay? But people are angry, very angry, and they call the person a bigot, a misogynist, X, Y, or Z. He might be. I have no clue. Okay? Let's say he is. What makes him wrong? Right? Is it wrong because people value gender? Okay, that might be why. Gender differences and, and, and racial differences, I'm not saying good or bad. I'm trying to be like stupidly objective right now. Okay, but then are you right for having this view? Is he right for having that view? Who's right? If you don't have an objective measure, then you don't know. You have no clue who's right or wrong. All you can do is see who yells the loudest, right? And who's got the best speakers. Right? If you can get somebody, that's why I'm saying the dress up comment doesn't matter. Right? Because either it's right or it's wrong. It's true or it's false. It doesn't matter whether I'm a good speaker presenting it or a horrible speaker. It should come back to truth. Because what relativism does to you is it completely destroys your identity. Right? This is acetone. Okay? You can't see it from here because I should have started a lot earlier. What do you think is happening to this styrofoam cup? It's what? It is dissolving. Right. Why? What is the basic principle of solubility for all you science happy people? This was high school. What's the principle of, 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 of solutions? Come on, guys. Like dissolves like. Who said that? Well done. Okay. Like dissolves like. This is exactly how society works. Right? If you are like me, Come join my club, right? And, and what does it want you to do? If we leave this for the whole day, which I probably will, what happens to this cup? The cup has an identity as a cup. What happens by the end of whatever it is that we do to this? Is it still a cup? No, <laughs> it's gone. Right? At the end of the day, this actually turns into a goop, right? And it'll be on the top later, and it's really nasty, and it's hard to clean. And it loses its identity. It loses its cupness, okay? Because it has turned into goop. Why? The integrity of its bonds in like as well, this polarity likes this polarity, it loses its identity, which is exactly what happens to you and to me and to everyone else. 
if I don't actually know my identity, if I don't know this, and you no longer know why I don't do this, because you don't even know who you are. And so then suddenly something that wasn't a conflict before becomes a conflict, because you don't have any objective being, right? You're just turning into the goop and becoming a product of your environment, right? Instead of dictating how you affect the environment or how to protect yourself from the environment, either one. Question in the, in the back or comment. Um, so like the only real problem that I sort of see with this is like, how do you differentiate between, you know, progressing in terms of, you know, like giving, for example, voting rights to women or like abolishing slavery. These were good things that were changed, right? So how do you say that this is a good thing that was changed that then, because someone will always argue to you, like for example, uh, letting, uh, you know, like homosexual marriage be okay. Like they'll tell you, this is sort of like in the same lines as abolishing slavery. So how do you say that like, okay, it was good to abolish slavery, but it's not good to allow like, homosexual, like gay marriage, for example. Like that's just something I... Right, by asking the annoying, irritating questions that I was asking you earlier, right? Of saying, what does this thing mean? Where does it come from? Is it objectively true or is it subjectively true? From where did I get my information? On what basis did I decide it was right, right? And then after the culmination of all of that is how I can come to the best decision, which could still be wrong. Right? It'll still be just to the best of my ability. Right? Which is why, for example, objectively in the church, for example, um, when it comes to dogma, right, we don't have new dogmas. There's no such thing. Right? So a truth is, is, is permanently true. I can't come up with a new truth. Maybe I can discover a truth I was unaware of, right? but I can't come up with a new one. And if a new idea presents itself, I test the new idea against the known truths, right? And then that will dictate the perimeters of how I make my decision, right, of, of coming back to it. So whether, like, I'm the, the questions, the specific ones you ask could be easily their own discussions, right? But it could be, it depends on what is the question being asked, right? Is the question being asked, for example, with homosexual or same-sex marriage, is the question being asked, do you think people should be permitted to make that choice and live that way? Or is the question, do you think that this is good for society and that this is where it should go? What is the question? Not, I'm not asking you that question, but the, the voter needs to ask that question. Because if it's a matter of civil rights, you might have a specific answer, right? And if it's a matter of how do I as a citizen want my culture and my future of this nation to look like, that's another question. So which one are you asking me, right? Which is why what I'm hoping from you guys is to get beyond like really stupid, like emotionalism, okay? Which is what we've all become, right? You say something and then everyone either laughs or groans and it's an immediate reaction. Everyone sees what everybody's doing, right? And it's like, oh, this is a non-socially acceptable idea. Yeah, that's so dumb, right? Suddenly when like somebody with like charisma is like, actually, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, he has a point, right? Like, and then like, boom, you go like the other direction, right? Is to get past these things Right? and say, no, what is being said? What in what is being said is, is true? What is actually true? What is objectively true? If there's none, there's really nothing to discuss. Right? It's just random opinions being spewed out like vomit. Okay? Have fun with your opinions. Okay? But is, it, is there any objective truth? So I'm going to wind it down in case there's questions, but there's 
a few things. One, this is the state that we're in, okay? The devil has worked very hard to break down our bonds. We are dissolving, okay? Christians are losing identity, right? They're, Christianity has become more of a cultural identity rather than it is like an existential identity of me, who I am as an, as an actual um, Christian. Relativism, in my view, is exactly the same as atheism because relativism is to deny an absolute truth. And to deny an absolute truth means that you don't believe in objectivity, which means whether you like it or not, you don't really believe in God. Because if there is a God, then he does determine some form of objectivity to what should or should not be, regardless of who that God is. Okay, like whether you're of any religion, if someone is making this, this claim to Godhead, okay, if that is a truth, if that person is a God, then they, that there is actually an objective right or wrong in existence, then my relativism has made me a Christian atheist, okay, where I can participate and say nice things to Jesus and play guitar and kumbaya and dance around the halls, it's nice, okay, however, I have no actual relationship, I'll get to you in, in one second. Um, so we can open up to questions. Relativism means that you don't value anything. Because what relativism is saying is there's nothing really true, right? So I'm just going to value what I'm in the mood to value right now, but it's not valuable because it is valuable, like as in terms of an objective fact. fact it's only valuable because I permitted it to be today. Right? So somebody who's like into fitness, like, yeah, man, health is so good. This is legit, right? Gets bored in a month. Suddenly, now it's not valuable. Why? Because, I don't know, now it's like, uh, who knows what people do now, okay? So it'll be insert new thing here. So either it was true or it isn't. So relativism means you don't value anything. And relativism means that you don't have a definite identity. It means you have a conformable identity. You have a, an identity that changes shapes, right? Which means that there's nothing solid about you. There's nothing actually firmly true about you because it can always change. Relativism means that you have dissolved. And it means that, because I forgot to this at the beginning, usually it's goop by now, okay? Is that you only exist, because it does, the cup exists in a new form, okay? You only exist in solution, right? That's your new identity. Your existence is only within the solution. What's defining you is actually everything around you um, and new and not you yourselves. So if you live a relativistic life and examine yourself, it means that you do not believe that there is an absolute. Because if you did believe in it, it should change how you behave. I'm not saying you won't fall short sometimes, okay? But it will dictate how you make your decisions, or at least how you're trying to make your decisions. It means that you basically you're, you're either worshiping yourself or, or others, something that is not God. And, and you don't have to look far to, to see that. Look at the progression of America and Canada, right? You have the hippies of the 60s, right, with the whole, like, have sex, be free, or the class of 63, right? And then, like, Woodstock, peace and love, great times, Right? And then you have somebody like, oh, no, no, that's crazy. That's extremist. Like, we shouldn't do that. Right? Next decade, it was like, yeah, I wouldn't quite go that far, like what they did. But, like, what's the big deal, though, about, like, having sex with someone if you know, like, you're going to marry them? Right? So at least, like, I'm pretty much engaged. Right? Then it was like, 
well, you know, like, we're really serious, right? It doesn't matter if I'm engaged, it's like this. Now it's literally grade seven and ups doing it, right? Now it's love one, right? Love is love. Um, and all sorts of random cliche things that we, that we throw out without knowing what they mean is that over, over five decades, we became worse than the 60s. And we, yet we all call the 60s people like the hippies extremists. But we are doing everything and more that they did. So this is the, the thing that happens when we do it. Um, objectivity matters because without it, we don't know why we do what we do. Being subjective means I don't believe that anything is true. Questions or comments? You had one. change truth is truth right as you said you know something is true if you if it's true um, but where does where does that put the study of theology and then discussing in relative manners how you understand the revelation of that truth so how do I because everybody has different opinions even people like our fathers had different opinions on the revelation of the truth. Now, it doesn't change the truth of God himself or his being, but how we understand the revelation. And is that, in a sense, relative, though? Yes and no, right? This is what one of the beauties of the Orthodox Church is to me. When we don't know, we don't pretend we know, right? And so some people today do pretend they know, which is wrong, right? Which is why you need to have that level of humility. Pay attention to even how you speak. Not you specifically, well, yes, you specifically, but like everyone, not right now, right? Is when I say stuff, what am I assuming when I say it? What am I presenting with confidence that I actually have no idea where it came from, right? We were having this debate in, in Kitchener last week, right? Where like global warming, we're like, oh, Trump doesn't believe in global warming. And I was like, you know what? I believe in global warming and I don't even know why. Honestly, like objectively speaking, I have no idea. I have never read a single study. Right? I don't know anything about the matter, and yet I assume it. So when it comes to the church, right, we start, like anything else, in an objective place. Right? So to us, the starting point for a Christian is this person of Jesus Christ, a factual existence, an objective existence. There's a real human here, so-called, okay, that existed. So that's question number one, did he exist? If my conclusion is yes, right, then the next thing to deal with is his claim. Right? Here's some guy, he claimed to be God. So, is he right or is he wrong? Is he nuts? Is he lying? Is he manipulating people? What's his story, right? If his claim was true, what should I expect to see? If his claim is false, what should I expect to see? What things are there in history that have helped me to obtain some degree of confidence in the veracity of the claims that are being made? This is where the early church started. This is what is supposed to be unique about orthodoxy, right? Is that we're all about those eyewitnesses. That's where our faith started, right, of saying, where did this begin? What did those first people say? And let's not stray from what they say. Let us not call something true that we do not know to be true. So for example, when it comes to specifically things like heaven, hell, angels, demons, we don't know, right? There is not a consensus among the fathers on anything precise. Definitely fathers had strong opinions, but they're not in agreement. Consequently, the church doesn't give a dogmatic proclamation um, about the issue. We don't say, if you don't believe this about hell, you're not orthodox, right? We look for anything we can find that we can be certain 
about its objective truth and we proclaim that to be the truth, right? And that's where we stop. Beyond that, we don't. So for the parts that are gray, so for example, none of the fathers will have talked about, for example, um, artificial insemination, right? It didn't exist. None of the fathers will have talked about evolution, right? So the best we can do is say, how did the early church approach scripture? How did the early church approach exegesis compared to other traditions? How did the early church um, view life and its sanctity? And how can I, to the best of my ability, try and uphold those principles as my perimeter in a modern context? I might get it wrong. I might. Like, that's a real fact. We could get it wrong, right? But the best I can do is that, right? That's the most objective I can be. So in the lack of an absolute truth, right, what I need to do is use absolute truths to define my perimeters until we discover a truth that already exists. Not a truth that we invent, right, but to arrive at it, right, which is why even this is a progress of eternity, right? That's why even St. Paul says, right, now I see through a glass darkly, right, and then face to face, is that I'm never going to have the, the, the fullness of truth in front of me until I'm actually in the presence of God. Good question. Father, I have a question about hyper-emotionalism and how to act in a way that's orthodox in front of people who are not only hyper-emotional, but they can be even hostile towards Christian points of view or, or Christian beliefs, especially at, for me at university. Right. Number one is know your stuff, right? Knowledge, knowledge is helpful because everybody is very fast to point out how ignorant they think you are and not how ignorant they themselves may be or not be. Um, so one, know your stuff, because if you are in disagreement, you're in disagreement because you have a different stance on something, and so hopefully you know why you believe your stance to be true, right? So you, ne you need to have that. So number one is to start with the knowledge about what you're talking about. Two is to not be swayed by that emotionalism, and to ask, and my, this is just a personal opinion, my own approach is usually to ask questions. Right? When I'm having a dialogue with someone and they just start screaming at me, right? especially when I haven't been, then I usually just ask them, why are you angry? Right? Like, are, you, are you dialoguing with me or are you here to tell me that I should be you? If we're dialoguing, I'm listening to your opinion. Like, I'm not angry that you have an opinion. Why are you angry that I have one and that is different from yours? Right? Then ask them why they arrived at their conclusion. Always ask yourself, why do I think that I am right? right? Or do I even know if I'm right or not? Because if I have something substantial, I already know what I need to talk about because there's a reason for my belief. But if I am just propagating something I heard, then I, I am also going to just get emotional because someone is, is coming against it. So know your stuff, be calm, ask questions, right? So that they can arrive at the truth. But asking those harder questions are, are usually good of being like, why does this upset you? Right? If you really actually believe, because in this relativistic society, theoretically they believe that everyone's entitled to their views. So if you really believe that I'm entitled to my view, why does it anger you that I'm taking advantage of the system, that I'm permitted a view, and I have one? Right? So having with boldness a reason for the hope that is within you, as St. Peter said, right? is that if I have the reason in doing it, and you yourself always doing it the, the right way. Your peace and your calmness will either irritate the heck out of them, okay, because they're not, or it will calm them down. But if they're not interested in the truth and they want to just yell, 
then don't bother, right? Because the, the dialogue isn't going to go anywhere if they just want to tell you why you're wrong and not listen to you. Pope Francis, um, in his, it's in the introduction to this book. It's a dialogue between him and um, a Jewish like equivalent of like a bishop, like in the Jewish community, they don't have bishops, but um, it's a remarkable book. But in the, in, in, the, in the preface, Pope Francis gives um, just a paragraph, it's literally just a paragraph on what proper dialogue should look like. Read it, it's phenomenal, right? And use that as your principle. He talks about you should approach a dialogue believing that the person in front of you actually has something valuable to say, not just you. Right? So does that person in front of you. Right? Not coming at the person with a stance of they've got to be wrong no matter what. Right? Of, of giving them that comfort. But that's a, a general view, so I'm rambling at this point. But check it out. I, I'll, I, can, I have the name of the book in another presentation. I can pull it out for you after. It's phenomenal. So we're just going to stop right now. Uh, we're going to take a small break. So we're going to probably, during the break, for anybody who wants, you guys will be able to stretch out your legs in the gym. There's a whole bunch of, uh, there's actually inflatable games and there's like big rubber bats or I don't know, what, it, what are they? Where's Mina Isa? Mina is in the gym? Uh, you, got, you guys can basically beat each other senseless if you'd like in the, in the gym for the next half hour. Uh, and for those of you who would like to do a scavenger's hunt, you can stay right here. We're going to animate just a small activity over the next half hour to take a break. And we're going to reconvene here at 2 o'clock um, with Father Anthony for the second session. Let's stand up for a prayer, please. King of peace, grant us your peace, establish us your peace, and forgive us our sins. For yours is the kingdom, the power, the majesty, and the blessing, now and forever into the ages of all ages. Lord, make us worthy to pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil. Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. All right, so anyone who's willing to participate in the scavenger hunt, we're just going to need you to sit down for three more minutes. Whoever doesn't want to participate can just go to the gym. All right, so everyone, please, if you could just give me your attention for two minutes. So uh, there's a scavenger hunt for whoever wants to play, and I'll just need you to sit down to explain it in two seconds. 
If you don't, just please. All right, so I'm going to start now. Um, so I'll, uh, I have right here 20 pieces of paper that have 20 items on them. So I'll just uh, distribute the 20, the 20 papers to 20 people, and you can uh, make groups with these people. The goal of it is just to get as many items from the paper uh, to me at the end of the session. So it's either going to be at the end of this session or the end of the next session. So whoever just wants to participate, just let me know and I'll give you a paper, all right? Thank you, everyone. <laughs> 